<laughs> All right, praises be to our loving Father that we are gathered again to study his words and his commands. So today we're going to continue our study of the book of Daniel. I believe we are in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel consists of only 12 chapters, so we're almost about to finish the book of Daniel, which will prepare us for the book of Revelation. Because like what we said at the outset in the study of the book of Daniel, Daniel and Revelation are connected because they deal about end time events. And so we are in chapter 9 of the book of Daniel, which is entitled The Power of Confession. And you'll find out why we chose the title Power of Confession later on. But let's first begin with Daniel chapter 9, 1 down to 2. This is what it says. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of Yahuwah through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So here Daniel says that he understood by the books. What was he referring to when he said the books? the sacred scriptures, because in his hands were the books of Isaiah and the books of Jeremiah and the other scriptures like the Torah. You see, Daniel relied in the sacred text, even though he was in captivity, he relied upon the written word of Yahuwah Elohim. So he understood the books and he studied the books immensely. This is why he said, and he emphasized, he was in the first year of Darius the king. Take note, the Babylonian empire is no longer in command. They were replaced by Persia and Media, a combined empire. And so Cyrus was the one who conquered Babylon and he instituted Darius to be his co-king. So Darius or Darius is the one who supervised the Babylonian jurisdiction. And so why was this important to the prophet Daniel? Because in Isaiah chapter 44, Daniel knew that Babylon is to be given to Persia because Cyrus is going to lead them to build the temple. And so Daniel was anticipating something great. And his anticipation for the liberation of Israel that was uh, taught in Isaiah is corroborated by another prophet. What's his name? Bible says Jeremiah. You see, he studied Isaiah. He also studied Jeremiah. And when he looked at Jeremiah, the prophet, he knew that the 70 years in the desolations of, Jer of Jerusalem is about to come to an end because it would be accomplished by Yahuwah Abba. Now, where did that come from? This 70 years that came from the prophet Jeremiah. Let's read Jeremiah 25, 11, and 12. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seven years. Then it will come to pass when 70 years are completed that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, says Yahuwah, and I will make it a perpetual desolation. And so when the book of Jeremiah is read, what do we discover? which was discovered by the prophet Daniel. From the writings of Jeremiah, Daniel knew that seven years, 70 years was allotted 
for the captivity of Jerusalem. And that 70 years is about to come to an end. And so he was anticipating the liberation of the people of Israel. Now, why did Jeremiah the prophet know that it's only 70 years? We'll find out later on. But Jeremiah and Daniel, they know it's very, very soon when the people of Israel is going to leave Babylon and go back to their homeland. And because Jeremiah knew this, because he was inspired by Yahuwah Abba, he wrote a letter. He actually wrote a letter. And to whom did he give this letter to? And what was the purpose of this letter? We read Jeremiah 25. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 29. Now, these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the, to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. For thus says Yahuwah, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word to you and cause you to return to this place. And so Jeremiah, as taught by Yahuwah, he wrote a letter and gave it to the captives, the elders who were still around there in Babylon. And this letter told them to prepare because Yahuwah will fulfill the 70 years. It will be completed. And so his people, Israel, will be released from captivity and go back to Jerusalem. And so Daniel knew, uh, Jeremiah knew, and the people now are being informed because 70 years is about to come to an end. Now, where did this number 70 come from? Why were the people of Israel in captivity for 70 years? Second Chronicles 36, 20 to 21. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of Yahuwah by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. So where did the number 70 come from? Did Yahuwah just kind of come up with a random number 70? No. Remember, there's a reason why Yahuwah caused Judah or the people of Israel to become captives in Babylon, right? What was the reason? Why did Yahuwah punish the people of Israel? Because they were stubborn, right? They committed idolatry. They committed spiritual adultery. They disregarded the Sabbaths of Yahuwah Allahim. And so what was the punishment of Yahuwah? Because despite the fact that Yahuwah gave prom uh, promises and even warnings through the prophets, they were ignored again and again. Yahuwah was still merciful, gave them a chance, but they remained stubborn. So Yahuwah said, it's enough. They're going to go to be punished in Babylon. For how long? 70 years. You know why 70 years? Now, uh, Yahuwah punished them for their disobedience, but the number 70 years, it was chosen by Yahuwah because it had something to do with one of the commands of Yahuwah Abba concerning the land of Israel. Remember the command of Yahuwah concerning the land of Israel? Six years, they are to cultivate the land, but on the seventh year, 
what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to leave it alone. Give the land some rest. And so they were in the promised land for 490 years. And so how many years of rest should the land have already enjoyed within a span of 490 years? Of course, that's 70 years, right? So the land of Israel should have joined, enjoyed 70 years of rest. But the people of Israel did not follow that command of Yehuwah. And so when they were punished in Babylon, they were captives there so that the land can enjoy the 70 years of desolation where the land rested for 70 years. Now it's about to come to an end and Daniel knew it. Why did Daniel know it? Because he was watchful. This is something that we have to develop ourselves as well, especially now when we live in the end times. We need to be watchful. We need to look at the Bible and we need to watch the events taking place throughout the world. That's what it means to be watchful. Daniel knew what was happening in his surroundings. He also knew what was happening in the scriptures. This is why he knew he had to do something because Yahuwah is going, is going to fulfill his promise. And so because Daniel was watchful, what was he able to do? Daniel 9 verse 3, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So what did Daniel do? Because he knows, according to Yahuwah's agenda, the people of Israel can hope for liberation at last. What did he do? He prayed. This is why as people of God, when we are watchful, it is coupled with prayer. When we turn to the face of Yahuwah Abba and make prayer and supplication. Do you know what the difference is between prayer and supplication? When we say supplication, that's when we offer a request to Yahuwah Abba. Prayer isn't just making a request. Prayer involves confession of sin, worship, and giving praise to Yahuwah Abba. So prayer is more than just making requests or supplications. Daniel, when he looked towards Yahuwah, he prayed and he offered supplications to Abba. And so when he prayed to Yahuwah, what did he say? Which is what we need to also include in our own personal and congregational prayers. Daniel chapter 9 and the verses 4. And I prayed to Yahuwah, my God. And made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. And so when uh, Daniel started out his prayer to Yahuwah, what did he include? What was that? When you say good things and mention the attributes of Yahuwah Abba, what do you call that? Yeah, we praise Yahuwah. He focused on the greatness the awesomeness, the mercy of Yahuwah Allahim. It's always good in our prayers. So we begin with praise. There is power in praising Yahuwah Allahim, especially during, in days, during the days of adversity in our life. However, not only did Daniel praise Yahuwah in his prayer, what did he also include? Which is a very important part of prayer, especially when we are in adversity. Because Daniel, being a captive still, even though he had a high position, 
but he was still captive there in Babylon. Nevertheless, what is an important aspect of prayer to Yahuwah Abba? Daniel 9, 5 to 10, we have sinned and committed iniquity. You have done, we have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us, shame of face, as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of Yahuwah our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yeah, uh, Daniel praised Yahuwah Abba in the beginning of his prayer. What did he also include in his prayer to Yahuwah Abba? What do you see in the passages that we just read? What did he include? He also included what? Confession, right? He said, we have sinned and committed iniquity because of the unfaithfulness which we have committed against you. And so they felt shame. Daniel, praying on behalf of all the people of Israel, was expressing repentance. And they were confessing the sins that they have done against Yahuwah Abba. So Daniel's prayer truly emphasized the confession of sin. This is so important because there's power in praise. There's also power in confession. Confession is a very vital part of our prayers to Yahuwah, especially during times when we face so many problems in our life, which is what is the case today, right? And so we need to pray and emphasize confessing our sins to Yahuwah. Why is that important? The book of Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Yahuwah does not want us to make excuses or ignore our sins. He wants us to examine our sins and confess them to Yahuwah. Because if we cover our sins, if we ignore our sins, then we will not prosper. We will remain status quo. We're not going to progress. And so when we ask ourselves year by year in our life, are we getting better? Are we progressing? Are we prospering? If the answer is we remain the same, we do not grow. If we are even regressing, the reason why is because we are not looking at our sin. Yahuwah wants us to look at our sin so that we can confess our sins to him so that we can obtain mercy. You know, Yahuwah Abba is waiting for us to approach him and confess our sins, not because he will condemn us, but because he wants to show us mercy and compassion and love so that he can change our life. There's power in confession, confessing our sins to God. And not only that, but also in James 5.16, confess your trespasses to one another 
and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yahuwah God wants us to confess our wrongdoings that we have done against him, but also to confess our faults, our wrongdoings that we have done against our fellow human beings. Because what Yahuwah wants in our confession is to change our life. This is why confession is at the heart of prayer. Why? And how can we properly confess our sins? Psalms 32 verse 5, I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to Yahuwah and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. So the Bible says for us to properly confess our sins, we need to first acknowledge our sins. What does it mean to acknowledge our sins? It means we know where we went wrong, right? We cannot properly confess our sins unless we know what our sins are. Because we cannot just go to Yahuwah Abba and magically say, Father, I have confessed, I confess all my sins to you. Wait a minute, that's not going to do you any good. We have to analyze our sins. We have to acknowledge our sins because the purpose of confessing sins is so that we don't end up doing it again, doing it again, right? This is why there's power in confession because when we confess our sins to Yahuwah Abba, we are given now the opportunity to change ourselves, which is what Yahuwah wants in the first place. You see, the purpose of prayer is not really to, to change our circumstances. No, that's only a secondary uh, purpose, secondary blessing, an add-on. The main purpose of prayer is to get us to change ourselves. That's the purpose, not to change the circumstances of our life, but to change us for the better, to become the people God wants us to be. It begins with confession, and that can only be done when we know why we are guilty of sin. This is why when Daniel prayed, that's that confession of sin, what did he say? How did he acknowledge the sins of the people of Israel? Daniel 9, 11, 12. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster. For under the whole heaven, such has never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. How did Daniel acknowledge the sins of the people of Israel? Because he knew the law of God. He knew the law of Moses. In other words, he knew the Torah. This is why as people of God, we need to study the book of God. How can we confess and acknowledge our sins if we don't know the standard by which to compare our life? This is why we need to keep looking. We need to keep examining and studying the scriptures. And by understanding the scriptures, Daniel was able to deduce. The reason why all this was happening to Israel was because Yahuwah was fulfilling the curse and the oath 
written in the law of Moses. Do you still remember what that was? When we studied that back in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, remember after Yahuwah Abba gave Moses the laws and the covenants, Yahuwah also gave them a list of blessings. If you obey, these blessings are going to be given. Remember that in the mountains of Elam and Gerizim? Remember, Yahuwah said, if you obey, you're going to get these blessings. If you disobey, you're going to get these curses. It was written down. It was part of the covenant. And so Daniel knew that. And so he said, therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, is being poured out on us. This is why when he was making this prayer, it is in reference to the Torah or the law of Moses. And what was this curse about? Leviticus 26, 14 to 17. But if you do not obey me, and do not observe all these commandments. And if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant, I also will do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you, wasting disease and fever, which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And you, will, you shall sow your seed in vain. For your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you shall reign over you, and you shall flee when no one pursues you. And so this was the curse that Yahuwah declared would happen to Israel if they disobeyed the covenant or the commandments of Yahuwah. What else was included in that curse? Leviticus 26, 31 to 36. I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation and i will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas i will bring the land to desolation and your enemies who dwell in it shall be astonished at it i will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you your land shall be desolate and your cities waste then the land shall enjoy its sabbaths as long as it lies desolate and you are in your enemy's land, then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbath. I want to pause there for a while. You know, it's Yahuwah's will for the land to enjoy the Sabbath, but it was not Israel's will. Either way, Yahuwah's will is going to prevail. This is why it's good at the outset to cooperate with the, with the will of Yahuwah, because in the end, it's Yahuwah's will that will prevail. And so Yahuwah's will will be done in our life, the hard way or the better way, right? Let's choose the better way. Let's cooperate with the love. Yahuwah, look what happened to Israel. Yahuwah's will was done, right? The land enjoyed its rest. But the only problem is, while this was happening with the land of Israel, where were the people of Israel? In captivity in Babylon. So let's learn to cooperate and do the will of Abba. 35, as long as it lies desolate, it shall rest for the time it did not rest on your Sabbaths when you dwelt in it. And as for those uh, of you who are left, I will send faintness into their hearts in the lands of their enemies. The sound of a shaken leaf shall cause them to flee. They shall flee as though fleeing from a sword and they shall fall when no one pursues. So this was the curse that was part of the covenant which is being fulfilled in the land of Israel. And so when Daniel knew this part of the Torah, the curses of the law of Moses, 
what did he also say? 9.13, as it is written, the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us. So he recognized the, the disaster coming upon them was because of the curse. But notice the, the next line. Yet, yet we have not made our prayer before Yahuwah our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. This is a fascinating statement by Daniel. Because Daniel, when he acknowledged the reason and the cause for the disaster, is now acknowledging the remedy to the disaster, right? What is that? You notice what Daniel said? What is Yahuwah Abba waiting for? When we, as a people of God, are experiencing calamity in life, what is Yahuwah God waiting for? Yeah, Daniel knew what Yahuwah Abba is waiting for now is that we make our prayers before him. Daniel even knew what kind of prayer we are to make. You know why Daniel knew? Because it was in the Torah. Let me see if you can find this. I'm going to read that portion of the Torah. When Yahuwah said, you're going to have all these curses befall on you. And Yahuwah is going to place in there, in the covenant, in the written covenant, the way out, the way free. So that Yahuwah will set us free from the curse of the law. Well, let's go ahead. I'm going to read again. Let me see if you can find it. Leviticus 26, 39 and 43. And those of you who are left shall waste away in their iniquity in your enemy's lands. Also in their father's iniquities, which are with them, they shall waste away. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me. And that they also have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If their uncircumcised hearts are humble and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land. The land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. They will accept their guilt because they have despised my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. And so here's Yahuwah in the covenant he makes with his people Israel. He says, blessing if you obey, curses if you, don't, if you disobey. And if you are going through the curses, does Yahuwah Abba offer a way out? You see that? Daniel saw this. This is why he said, we should be praying now, right? What did Daniel see that we need to also see? What did Daniel see? What was a, what's that specific prayer Yahuwah Abba wants to hear from his people? Do you see it? What is it? Yeah. But, but if, that's conditional, right? See, Yahuwah, when he gave the promise, when he mentioned 70 years, they will be released from captivity in Babylon, go back to Jerusalem. That was really a conditional promise. It was part of the purpose of Planet Yahuwah, but he's waiting for people to pray this prayer because it was included in the covenant. It was part of the contract. The Bible says, but if, right, if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness, if they accept their guilt as confession, 
You know, we can learn so much. If you want your life to be transformed, if you're sick and tired of being status quo and you want to grow, this is where it begins, brethren. If we want to live a life of pleasing Yahuwah Abba and enjoying his blessings, even in this life, it begins right here. It begins with confessing our iniquity. Yahuwah God declared this. Daniel saw it. This is why he prayed. He prayed to Yahuwah Abba, confessing, confessing his sins and the sins of the people of Israel to Yahuwah. Daniel 9, 14 and 15. How, what else does Daniel confess to? Therefore, Yahuwah has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us. For Yahuwah, our God, is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned. We have done wickedly. And so Daniel continued his confession. And so in this prayer of Daniel, we find he began with praise. He continued with confession. And after praise and confession, it's now time for Daniel to offer supplication, to make a request that is according to the will of Abba. Why is this according to the will of Abba? Because he studied Isaiah. He studied Jeremiah. He studied the Torah. So he knows this is according to the will of Abba. So he's praying according to the will of Abba. He's making a request that's not against, but is within the will of Yahuwah. And so what is this request that he makes? Daniel 9, 16. Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray... Let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. And so in this supplication made by Daniel, he's praying for the city, Jerusalem. He's also praying for the people, the people of Judah, the people of Israel. You see that? So he's praying for, praying for the city, restoration of the city. He's praying for the restoration of the people of Israel. What else is he also praying for? Verse 17. Uh, this is what is written. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. So Daniel prays for the city of Jerusalem. I want you to keep this in mind because these are important aspects of what's going to transpire in the unfolding events, which we will discuss partly today, but most of it next week. Okay, so he's praying, number one, first of all, for Jerusalem. And then he's praying for the people of Israel. And then he's also praying for the what? The sanctuary, because it has become desolate. And so when he is presenting his supplication, what is he basing it on? Let's read Daniel 9, 18. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city, which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. 
What was Daniel banking on? What was he hoping on? Why was he confident that Yahuwah would listen to his prayers? Not because of his righteous deeds. Not because of his goodness. Right? But because of the mercy of Yahuwah. When we approach Abba, we approach Abba not to boast of our accomplishments. We don't do that. Because who are we? Our righteous deeds are but filthy rags before Yahuwah. When we approach our loving father, we approach him believing and placing our hope in his love and mercy. That's the only way for us to receive what we are asking for in prayer and supplication. So Daniel, he was basing his hope on the great mercies of Yahuwah Abba. And because of his hope in the love and mercy of Yahuwah, what did he say to Yahuwah Abba? 19, oh Lord, hear, oh Lord, forgive, oh Lord, listen and act. do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. And so because of his hope and the love and the mercy of Yahuwah, not upon his righteous deeds, he approaches Abba and he even asks Yahuwah Abba to listen, to act, to hear, and to forgive, not to delay for his own name's sake. And so then when we look at the prayer of Daniel, he began with praise, he continued with confession, and he offered his supplication based on the love and mercy of Yahuwah. This is also the pattern that we follow, and this was also taught by our loving Mashiach Yahusha in Matthew chapter 6 about the prayer. Remember the prayer that many of you have memorized? And so this is kind of the pattern that we need to also follow. And so when Daniel offered the prayer, which followed the pattern, praise, confession, supplication, what happened while he was praying? Daniel 9, 20, 21. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before Yahuwah, my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, lo and behold, somebody shows up. Who shows up? He says, the man. He's not really a man. <laughs> He's an angel who became a man. The man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly reached me about the time of the evening offering. And so while Daniel was still speaking, confessing and praying, offering supplication, all of a sudden, guess who's right there beside him? Gabriel, right? And you know what Gabriel says to him? In Daniel 9, 22 to 23. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. I want to pause there for a while. This is crucial. You notice what Gabriel says? At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. In other words, Yahuwah was waiting for Daniel to pray that prayer. Right? He was waiting for someone to pray the prayer of confession. This tells us Yahuwah has a plan. But he involves his people to carry out that plan. You see that? And so Yahuwah knows what he wants to do. But he wants to involve us by prayer so that we can be his instruments to carry out his will and plan 
for our life. And so he was waiting for Daniel to pray that prayer. And at the very beginning, even before he ended the prayer, at the beginning of his prayer, he told, that, he told Gabriel, go ahead, go and give Daniel the skill to understand. And so at the beginning of your supplications, the command went out. And I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that awesome? I mean, how would you feel if an angel comes to you from God and tells you you are greatly beloved? Won't you feel good? Right? I mean, that would be awesome, right? I mean, it's better than someone saying to you, you won a million dollars from the lottery. That's exciting, right? But look at this. I mean, what's more exciting than this? When an angel tells you you are greatly beloved right, by Yahuwah, therefore consider the matter and understand the vision. Because Daniel was greatly beloved by Yahuwah, he is given a vision. This vision is so fantastic. It will require all of next week to discuss it. That's why we cannot possibly finish Daniel 9 today. Because this vision is so fantastic. And it's one of the most fascinating prophecies in all scripture, which we will discuss when we come back. But before we go there, I just want to give you a trivia question. I think you can answer, right? Uh, what do Daniel and John have in common? What do they have in common? They were both called, right? Remember Apostle John, right? When he wrote the book of Revelation, the one who wrote this is the one beloved by the Lord. <laughs> and Daniel was also called what? Beloved. That's what they have in common. Or something else they have in common. You know what that is? They were both given visions of the end time. <laughs> Trivia for you, right? Could that be connected? Maybe. <laughs> right? But for some reason, both are beloved. And both were given visions of the end times. And so here is the vision that is given to Daniel, and he has been given the gift and the skill to understand this vision. Daniel 9, verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. Remember what Daniel prayed for, right? He was praying for the city, for the people, and the sanctuary, okay? And so here is the beginning of the answer to the prayer. 70 weeks, Yahuwah's plan is now unfolding because of the prayer of Daniel and others who prayed together with Daniel. I'm sure Jeremiah prayed for the same thing, okay? 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. I'm going to pause there. When you look at this prophecy, it has many things. There are six events promised here. Six events. Six specific events which will comprise the master plan of Yahuwah for the sake of Daniel's people in Daniel City. Question, whose people is Daniel's people? What are they called? What are they called? People of Daniel. Israel, right? And so this is God's master plan for the people of Israel, okay? 70 weeks, a master plan to be done in 70 weeks for the people of Israel and for the holy city. What is the holy city? Jerusalem. And what is his master plan concerning Israel and Jerusalem? Number one, 
to finish the transgression. What is that transgression that should be finished? I we believe, and we're going to talk about this in the future, it is the transgression of rejecting the Mashiach because this is a prophecy, okay? What else? To make an end of sins. You know, the, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins. Uh, this is a problem that, that Israel as a people um, really had difficulty with because of their stubbornness, right? What else? To make reconciliation for iniquity. This pertains to the sacrifice of Yahusha, right? To bring reconciliation, atonement for iniquity. This was done when Yahusha was nailed to the cross. To bring in everlasting righteousness. This was also done when Yahusha was nailed to the cross because by his shed blood, we obtain everlasting redemption from the sins that we committed against God in the first covenant. Remember? Okay, what else? To seal up vision and prophecy. And so this pertains to the final prophecy to be fulfilled, which is the setting up of the kingdom of Yahuwah. And to anoint the most holy. When we look at these events, most of these events will take place in the far future. During the millennium, the millennial reign of our King Yahusha. And so Yahuwah's 70 weeks plan for Israel includes all of that. We can make an argument that three and four was already completely fulfilled, but the others were not yet are not yet completely fulfilled. Partially fulfilled, yes, but the one we can say it's kind of completely fulfilled is three and four. But the others will be completely, will be completely fulfilled at the appropriate time when the kingdom of God is going to reign on earth during the, the, the rule of Yahushua and those who belong to him. So this is the 70 weeks plan. What does that mean? The 70 weeks plan for the people of Israel. Daniel 9, 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city. When it says weeks, we have to understand in Hebrew, it reads differently from how it reads in English because there are Hebrew idioms that we don't understand. For example, what is one dozen? When we say one dozen, how many is that? 12. When we say seven dozens, how many is that? When we say 70 dozens, how many is that? And so the equivalent of weeks here is an, it's a Hebrew idiom. In Hebrew, it is actually um, the word sabua, okay? Weeks is the English translation of the Hebrew word 7620, sabua, which means what? A period of seven days or years. And so it's a heptad. Its literal meaning is seven. And so when we go back to the prophecy, 70 weeks, it should read 70 sevens, 70 sets of sevens. And when it says sevens, it often refers to seven years. And so what we have is 70 sets of seven years, which is equal to 490 years. And so Yahuwah has determined a master plan for his people Israel. 70 weeks, or we should say 400 
and 19 years. Yahuwah has a 490 year, 490 year plan for Israel. We're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about it next week. Okay. But this was initiated because of the prayer of Daniel. Remember his prayer? Praise, confession, and supplication. And so when Daniel initiated that prayer, things were set in motion. And so now you have people returning, the remnants from Babylon returning to Jerusalem. However, it doesn't mean that when we are following the will of Abba, that's going to be smooth sailing. There's going to be hindrances. It's always the case, right? Because there's an enemy who wants to hinder the work of Yahuwah. And so we can expect when we follow the will of Abba, we can expect there's going to be uh, roadblocks. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be problems that we have to overcome. Even when it comes to the bringing back of the restoration of Israel and the temple, that also came with problems. This is why it was, you know, after the death of Daniel, there's also another servant that Yahuwah used as an instrument. You know who, who he was? You know what his name was? Or what his name, yeah, who he was, who this person was, that was greatly used by Yahuwah to carry out, to have an important role. And we will, we will fully show you the complete role this person had in bringing about to fruition, fulfillment, a portion of the 70 years plan that Yahuwah has for the people of Israel. You know who, who this person is? Give up. Give me a guess. Who could it be? What's his name? <laughs> Nehemiah, right? Nehemiah, when he found out that there was some hindrances in the rebuilding of the temple, you know what he did? Because he too was watching. You know what he did? Nehemiah 1, 4 to 5. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Yahuwah, God of heaven, O great and awesome God. Who said that same prayer? Wasn't it Daniel? Right? O great and awesome God. You who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Who made that same prayer? Daniel. They actually prayed the same prayer, right? Because who's waiting? Who's waiting for people to make this prayer? Yahuwah. So here's Nehemiah. He prays with fasting and weeping, and he begins his prayer by praising Abba. Great and awesome God is Yahuwah. And he doesn't stop there. He prays Yahuwah. What do you think he'll do next? Let's find out. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. Isn't that Leviticus 26? But if you return to me, and keep my commandments and do them. Though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens. Yet I will gather them from there. And bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So according to scriptures. What did Daniel pray after he praised Yahuwah? He confessed. Right? What was the basis of his confessions? Leviticus 26. This is just like the prayer of Daniel. After this what does he request? 
Now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of, his, of this man. For I was the king's cup bearer. What was his request? That he be given success because he's going to speak to the king to give him permission to rebuild the walls, to continue to rebuild the temple of Yahuwah, which is what Daniel was also praying for. And so we can see Nehemiah prayed with praise, confession, and supplication, like the prayer of Daniel. And so we know Nehemiah was able to do this because he was watchful. He was watching what was happening, and he was watching the scriptures as well. And so he was praying in the will of Abba, Yahuwah. And so Daniel prayed, Jeremiah prayed, Nehemiah prayed. You know who also, you, you know who Yahuwah also wanted to pray? You know who? Remember when Jeremiah wrote his letter, he wrote to the captives who were in Jerusalem. And he said to the captives who were in Jerusalem, after 70 years are completed of Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Now, after Jeremiah informs the people of, of Israel who were captives in Babylon, that seven years, 70 years is about to end. What does he say next? What does Yahuwah want them to know? We read verse 10. Let's read 11 down to 14. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says Yahuwah, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says Yahuwah, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says Yahuwah, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. So who did Yahuwah also want to pray? His people, right? And to encourage the people to pray, what did Yahuwah say to them? Yahuwah said to them, I have these thoughts about you. Can you imagine that? Even though they were being punished because of their stubbornness, Yahuwah's mercy and love still shines through. Yahuwah tells them, I still love you. The proof is I think about you all the time and I have plans for you to prosper. But this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray for me. Yahuwah says, pray, pray to me. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And what is the promise of Yahuwah? He will bring them back to the land. You know, brothers and sisters, Yahuwah Abba knows what's happening in our life today, right? Because when we look at the events taking place during this time, when Jeremiah wrote this, it was prime for something great to happen. And when it's prime for something great to happen, we need to nurture that. We need to pray. Why? Because Yahuwah, for some reason, he wants us to be involved in his plans. He wants us to be involved in what he's doing. 
And for us to do that, we need to pray. And so during that time, there was a great event that was about to take place. You know, there's a great event that's about to take place right now during our time. Why are we sure? Let's read the book of Luke 21, 25 to 28. Yahushua says, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, Look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. You know, when Jeremiah and Daniel and Nehemiah and the captives in Babylon, when they were watching the events happening, do you know what it meant for them? It meant that their captivity was about to end, right? And so they were instructed to pray. During our time, there's an event about to take place, which is even greater than the event that took place during the time of Daniel. What is that? It's what Yahushua is talking about here. What is that event? The second appearing of Yahushua. The signs are being fulfilled. So what do we need to do? We need to be watchful. When we watch the events taking place, the calamities, the great distress of the nations, the financial collapse of different institutions all over the world. The pandemic, which is bringing fear in the hearts of men. When all these events are taking place, signs in the sun, the moon, the stars, the powers of heaven are being shaken. What do we need to do? We need to begin to look up. We need to stop placing our trust and hope in the strength of man and place them in the strength of our Mashiach. And what does Yahushua want us to do? We read 25 to 28. Let's read 34 to 36. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. What does Yahuwah and Yahushua want us to do? So just like during the days of Daniel, when Yahuwah was priming and preparing himself to set the captives of Israel free from Babylon, what does Yahuwah and Yahushua want us to do to prepare us for the greatest event of our life? What does he want us to do? Be watchful and pray always. Pray always. And in our prayer, let's conclude confession, praise, and supplication. Not only that, though, when the end of the world is near, what also should we be doing in preparation for that great event? First Peter, the final passage of our studies today, Peter 4, 7 to 11, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? 
do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Yahushua Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Besides praying earnestly, fervently, because we're preparing for the end of the world, which is coming soon. What also does Yahuwah expect from us? Bible says we need to practice deep love, right? What else? We need to also fulfill our spiritual gifts. And so the best way to prepare for the second advent of our King Yahushua HaMashiach, let's pray. Pray always. Number two, let us show deep love for everyone. Number three, let us fulfill our spiritual gifts, whatever it may be that God has given us for the sake of his kingdom. This is how we must prepare so that we can also participate with Yahuwah in the unfolding of his purpose and plan, especially when it comes to the kingdom that he intends to set up here on earth with Yahusha as king and Mashiach and we together with him administering his kingdom. May Yahuwah Abba bless all of us. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Almighty and merciful Yahuwah Allahim, thank you so much because you have shown us your plan and purpose for your people. We know because we belong to Mashiach. You count us as Israelites, your people in these last days. We beg you now to help us that we may fulfill our part. May you help us to pray to you earnestly and fervently. May you help us to love you and to love others the way we love ourselves. May you help us to fulfill our spiritual gifts well and with all of our might. Thank you for preparing your people. We know how kind and merciful you are. And so when you see your people crying to you, asking for a help because of the burdens that we carry in our life, when you see us confessing our sins before you and offer up supplications, O loving Abba, by your mercy and love, may you fulfill your promise because we know that we can count on your mercy for you indeed are Yahuwah, a God of mercy and love, loving Mashiach Yahushua. We pray to you now, remember each one of us, teach us to be watchful. Every day could be the day when you will return. Help us to wait with great expectation that you are going to come at any time. Teach us loving Mashiach to be well prepared. Teach us to do what we must for the advancement of your kingdom. Father, bless your people throughout the earth. Help us to be solidly united in the effort and work that you have given to us to fulfill, to share the gospel, to proclaim you, loving Father, as Yahuwah Abba and your begotten son, Yahusha HaMashiach. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.